What is up, everyone? Thank you for coming back to Storytime for another week, for another episode, for another great guest. I'm super, super, super stoked for today. It's midnight in Cape Town. I think it's afternoon on your side of the world. We are here today with Jessica Rose Clark, also known as Jesse Jess. Um, I saw in an interview, call you Jesse, don't call you Jess. So we're going to stick no. by that throughout the episode. <laughs> and I call everyone dude. So I apologize if I'm like, I'm a word dude when I get carried away. I'm sorry if I like call you dude or bro or whatever totally else as fine. well. Um, I only hate being called dude or bro if I'm dating someone. That's the only time I don't like being called dude or oh, bro. It, what, like, like the guy you're dating is like, hey, dude. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that's weird. I hate it. Yeah. Jesse Jess is a fighter in the UFC. You're 11, 8 and 0. Uh, in the bantamweight category, you've been raised and trained and developed over many years as a kickboxer, but you have a purple belt in BJJ. Um, I tried BJJ for a little while, fell in love with it. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's insanely <laughs> difficult. Um, watching all of your fights, two things that I took away from them in my very brief understanding of, of UFC, as much of a huge fan as I am, your standing game is insane. You have hella heavy hands that move very quickly. And I would I would just write it out straight out that you're just like a straight brawler. Like yes. you didn't come to mess around. Like you climb in there and kind of lay into the person in front of you, which is so sick to watch. Um, yeah, my coach hates that. My coach hates that though. Oh, really? Spent, like the last, well, he spent the last, so my coach is, is well-renowned in the U.S. as being, probably the the top Muay Thai uh, coach in the country, right? He's known all over the world as being one of the top Muay Thai coaches. Um, and so I came to him as a brawler. Like I bought my background is in kickboxing. I fought kickboxing, I fought boxing, yeah. but I came to him. I love to strike, you know, like, even though, yeah, I'm a purple belt in jujitsu, but <laughs> jujitsu is hard. I keep getting submitted by black belts. You know, that shit sucks. But I'll stand and kickbox with, with anyone. I don't care who it is, you know? Um, and so he knows that like when I get in the heat of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stand and throw oh, me yeah. on. And he's like, he's trying to get me to be smarter about it. And it's like it's happening, it's happening a little bit, but like in my last fight, I I dropped her and I got so excited about it because I haven't dropped and anyone like... since I've been in the UFC. And I got really excited that I got taken down, had my arm broken. So now I think I should probably actually we start listening to him a little bit more about being a little more calculated and patient but, but don't i don't you, think like, as a as a fighter don't you think it's better to be that way than to be the other way around as in like yeah totally surely yeah, right? to kind of have that mentality of like flip a switch and just go ham and learn the the uh what's the word discipline rather than be like the disciplined you know standing back fighter yeah. that's got to be taught how to just get in there and get dirty yeah honestly like I think uh not not my two last losses but two losses that I'd had before that when I lost to Panicky and Dad for the second time at, at UFC Moscow um and I lost to Sarah Kaufman before I got signed to the UFC I lost to her in South Korea mm. and um when I lost when I was getting ready for both of those fights I was with an old coach and I went from being like a stand in the middle and throw down brawler. I wasn't that crisp. I wasn't that polished, but I was going to stand there and throw, you know, um, to working with him. And he kind of taught me to get out of range a little bit better. But in doing that, I, I almost lost the ability to like really hit, I you see. know, because a, a lot of the style that we were working was like point sparring and getting out, point sparring, getting out. And then... Yeah. 
I lost to Sarah Coffin and I lost the second fight to Panny Kianzad because of that, you know, because I'd like, I'd forgotten how to do the thing that got, that gave me so much I success see. to start with. I and see. I, and I spent both of those fights kind of running away and just trying to like fighting off the back foot and just kind of point striking, you know? And then I yeah. realized after that, especially after the Sarah fight, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get back to doing the thing that, that, I love to do because I'm not afraid to get hit, you know, like yeah. I'm happy to stand, to stand in the middle and Which kickbox. And, like... <laughs> but so, yeah, so I definitely think, um, you know, I, I have, I have this verbiage that I use whenever I fight and that's be a dog, you know, and that's mm. just like be a mongrel, be a, be a, be fucking, sorry. I don't know if I can cuss or not. Like uh, be go grimy. For go for it. Go okay. For it. <laughs> be grimy, be gritty, be a thug, you know, and, and that's kind of, I think that's something that you can't necessarily teach. Like, I think yeah. that's something that's always gotten me by when I haven't necessarily had the skill set. Because before I fought in the UFC, like, I fought Arlene Blanco, who has now fought Chris Cyborg for the Bellator 145 title, you know. And uh, before uh. we fought, she just won two world boxing titles. Like, she was very well established in boxing. And, and that, that, uh, that not having the fear of just going in and throwing down was, was what led me to win that fight, you know? And I beat a lot yeah. of girls that were more experienced than me just based off that alone, even without the actual skill set, you know? So I feel like I kind of almost, um, I don't say got ruined, but like lost what made me successful for yeah. a little while while I was training with this one coach. Um, yeah. And since I've been at CSA and been with coach Kieran and he's taught me how to like, how to be precise, but how to be, how to be a dog again. I think even like last two fights getting submitted, whatever, I don't care. But before that, like I, I was doing really well, you know? So yeah. yeah, I think, I think that mongrel is something that you either have or you don't. And, and being able to fall back on that, if, if things not going well, I think is a, is a benefit for me, honestly. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, that's kind of the element of fighters that I find so intriguing, just in terms of trying to understand the mentality of a fighter. So simple question th that has a complicated answer to it. <laughs> Do you think that fighters are born or taught? Um, I think it's a, I, I think it could be either, honestly, because okay. like, um, like I, I can really only speak for my own journey. And I, I think that, my physical attributes, my mentality, I think that this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, what I, what I was put on this, on this earth to mm. do was mm. to, was to fight in, in some fashion. Um, but then I know other, other fighters, other professional fighters who are more martial artists, which I would say is like GSP, you know, Roxanne Modafferi, like GSP didn't actually enjoy fighting. He, he's been very vocal about that. Like he hated fighting, but he's a martial artist and an athlete, you know? So, um, I think he had, I think he was definitely born with that competitive nature, but he would have been competitive no matter what he did. I don't yeah. necessarily think he was born to be a fighter, you know? And Roxanne Modafferi is another example of that. Like she, she's a martial artist. And every time she fought, like she's obviously retired now, but every time she fought, she went in not with the goal of like, fuck yeah, I'm getting in a fist fight, but with the goal of, of, um, showing the technique she'd be working on, you know, and showing that she is a true martial artist. So I do, I do think both can be cultivated. I do definitely think that some people are just born with, with God-given attributes. And I do think that some people being developed. And I think you'll see now, um, probably over the next 10 years, like a lot of, 
there's so many kids that are being pushed into this sport now that I don't necessarily think are born to be fighters, but they're being pushed into it from such a young age that they're being cultivated into being fighters, you know? So um, I do think that over the next 10 or so years, you're, you're, we're going to lose that kind of that grittiness, you know, that griminess that, that UFC was at the beginning, that MMA was at the beginning and everything will become a lot more polished, a lot more precise, a lot more crisp. Um, But I don't know how, I don't know how these parents who are training their kids up through MMA, I don't know how they cultivate the mindset because you have to go through so much hardship to, to develop that stone cold mindset, you know? So on, on, on you mentioning hardship, just to give people a little bit of background, I'll do it super quickly. Um, Cause I, I, I know you do talk about your story often um, in, in interviews, but it's because it's such an incredible story. Like I said to you before we started recording. I don't really think it is. Everyone this has else to be says made that. A movie. Like, <laughs> but but see, just... like, I think that's also what leads towards making you the person that you are, because like a lot of other people would be like, oh, it was, it was so hard. It was the hardest, you know, that like, I always call it when, when people Hollywood a story. So yeah, yeah. people be like, I was living out of my car and I'm like, Summer, you know like were you really were you really I, I saw you at that party that one time all the you know like so there's 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 stories that get painted to be the perfect underdog story yeah whereas yours genuinely feels like that although you don't treat yourself as an underdog which is what no, is so, I think I had a great upbringing like I really I think, think you had a dope I'm, upbringing yeah. as well I mean <laughs> despite from one or two factors like a dickhead mix or whatever else it is but yeah. like you know like other than that like getting to travel around a lot with like your mom and your siblings and then making the move to vegas and deciding to follow this career it's a really exciting road to travel it, it's it's, 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 it has been. it's it's similar to to any foreigner within an industry that is thriving within the states it's a really yeah. difficult road to walk um, you know, yeah. for myself personally, I've got to take everything that side too. Um, yeah. And walking through the process over the past two and a half years has been really, really hard. So, so I can I can understand that. But there's such a, again, there's such a positivity and such a great high outlook that you have of your own story <laughs> that, without it sounding like I'm trying to blow smoke up your ass, like you know, it's. it's, it's <laughs> So many people don't do that anymore because so many people, yeah. and I can include myself into this a couple different times throughout my life in that one taking responsibility nowadays is, is very, very rare. Um, there's always the saying of like, you know, you have a plan to get punched in the face. People won't take yeah. responsibility because that punch in the face no longer comes most of the time. Um, and two, telling a story that for others is like, oh my God, I can't believe you went through that. But for you, it's like, dude, that's my life. And that, yeah, that was my journey, you know? So walking that road and having done the moving overseas and having to leave your family, which out of what I understand through interviews, you are quite a family orientated person, whether it be yeah. the gym. Especially with family. my mom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, my mom can do no wrong. She's an angel. She's yeah. a beacon in my life. If, if it wasn't for her, I'd be a, in a very different position um <laughs> and and do you think that the road you walked is 
is there like any part of you when you're in the gym that has that in your mind? That's like, I know what I've been through. I know that I'm tough. I know it's made me who I am. I can do this. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've only recently, like, uh, this is also something I'd be very vocal about. Like the last two or three years I've been on this journey of like discovering why my mindset, why I have the traumas, why I have the triggers, um, why I behave certain ways in certain situations, what my red flags are, what my toxic behavior is like, that's kind of been like the, the outside of fighting that's been a primary focus for the last couple of years mm. um so i and i want to say because of that it's probably only been the last six to nine months that i've really um had that thought you know like mm. uh, you know, it, this is something that that my coach kieran and i have worked on a lot where um like i forget i forget the steps that i've taken to get to this moment, you know? And then yes. because I forget the steps that I've taken to get to this moment, I don't, I haven't had a lot of gratitude for what I've accomplished, for where I am, for, for my day-to-day -day life. And that's an area that I've really worked, that I am working hard on, on rectifying, on getting better at it, which is, which is having gratitude for where I'm at because I, I, I really am um, exactly where I've wanted to be aside from coming off two losses. Like, my overall lifestyle and where I've been dreaming of being my entire life, you know? Um, so it's only been recently that I've really been able to sit down and go like, Hey, you know, the, these things that happened when I was a kid, you know, my, my relationship with my mom, my, my dad's abandonment, like all these different things, they are why I'm the way that I am today. And they are, they are why I have the success that I have today, yeah. even yeah. In, in, in the cage or outside of the cage, you know? before this before these last six to nine months um i think uh i don't want to say i victimized myself but i definitely like minimized a lot of things and then took a lot more personally yeah. like like uh, for example you know this is something that my coach and i talk about all the time and that i i really have worked through and i don't do anymore at all ever not even not even for a second but a lot of fighters do this way like we'll spar and something will go wrong. Like we'll get hit more than we expected or we'll miss something or something. And a lot of us will internalize and that that negative voice turns into, oh, I fucking suck. Like, why am I here? I'm a I pretender. See. I'm going to get found out, you know, blah, um, blah, blah. That's like, and that's like in, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I like, I, I've literally had sparring sessions where I've won every single round and been inconsolable afterwards because yeah. I missed something or I got hit or I got hit more than what I thought I was going to or like the dumbest shit like oh I was off balance when I threw my right hand like the smallest most minicule stuff used to spiral me and I and I like I literally uh fuck what was it it was at the beginning of camp for Stephanie Egger I remember I had this one boxing session um this boxing sparring session I definitively won every single round like yeah. no question and i sat in the cage afterwards bawling my eyes out my coach is like what the fuck is wrong with you and i'm like and i'm like i fucking suck like why did she hit me that much every time i throw my right hand i'm off balance like why can't i recover from this like why am i doing this why am i doing this like i'm gonna start and i was on a two-fight win streak at that stage and i was like i was like you know how do i compete with the top girls like how do i how do i do this you know they're gonna find me out like i'm, I'm gonna get knocked out you know like and i just would spiral yeah. myself with all this negative self-talk um and and re and 
kind of that was like the last time it happened I remember it so clearly it was like eight weeks before the San Diego fight it was like the last time it happened and I remember talking to him about it he was like you know even champions still have yeah. these days right he's like he's like even unless you have a stone cold steel trap mindset um everyone still experiences it's the best of the best still have days where they question themselves where they doubt themselves mm. you know mm. and he would say exactly what you just said like look at the things you've done you know look at yeah. where you've been look at what where you've pushed through um and that kind of made me realize like fuck yeah like i've fought i've fought way scarier people you know like yeah. i've been under the bright lights before i've traveled all over the world i've been in foreign countries where they don't speak any english i've been there by myself fighting you know i've been i've fought for fucking free like yeah and outside of that thinking i've been beaten up by my ex-fiance you know like i've been abandoned by my dad like think about all these other things that i've been through and i'm yeah i'm more upset about this fucking 30 minute session <laughs> Then you are then I have been about anything else, you know? How crazy that kinda, is that? That, that <laughs> yeah, and that, that one night was like, was a really big turning point for me. Because even like since then, you know, I, I've lost my last two fights the exact same way. I got armbar in the first round, you know? Um, and when it happened with Stephanie Egger, I took it really fucking hard because I still yeah. internalized a lot of it. I was like, I fucking suck. Like, like, I don't deserve to compete with these girls. I should have beaten her. Like, nine times out of ten, I beat her. And I will fight her again, and I will beat her. Like, yes. that's a fact. Yeah. Um, but then this last one against Julia, like, I'd let so much of that go. And I, I and, and I realized, like, I prepared the right way. You know, I got criticized for getting on by it again. I do jiu-jitsu five days out of the week. I do jiu-jitsu more than I do striking, you know. The fact is, I fought yeah. two black belts in a row. Not only that, I fought two black belts who have a bunch of wins by armbar like that shit just happens i chose yeah. to i chose to fight people who were better than me you know because uh, i'm fucking mama didn't raise no bitch you know like i will exactly. fight i don't care who you are like i will I, I made the decision to take those fights you know and and since this last one like yeah i've been fucking upset i've been upset about being off for injury that's that's what i was most upset about it wasn't even it wasn't even losing because she she'd lost her last three in the ufc but she still has a majority of women still a buyer armbar and she just had i've dropped her you know and then i i got overexcited and she took me down and did what she needed to do and that was the only way she had that was the only possible chance she had of beating me yeah and she just executed better you know so um i don't really have the same mindset that i used to be like i don't have that in i don't as occasionally i do but i don't really have that imposter syndrome anymore you know like i know I've started taking stock of what I've done and where I've come from exactly. and like everything that's led to this moment. And how can I be, how can I be upset or mad at myself when realistically I'm going to fight for a handful more, a handful more years. And then I'm going to be on to the next part of my career. And no one's even yeah. going to give a fuck about what I did in fighting. Like that's exactly. my family, my friends, the people who love me, they don't care if I win or lose. They just want to see me happy. So then yeah. why do I put so much pressure I'm winning those fights like it sucks it's it's so yeah. crazy to me that we're actually talking about this because i'd i'd made note that you're such an ambassador for for mental health and i'm the i mean overshare time for 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 josh i've found oh, myself, i love oversharing <laughs> yeah no i have a horrible habit of doing it but um <laughs> i find myself in a in a stage of life right now so i've i've never spoken to a therapist or a psychologist or anything like that before but because I look at my life and I go I've got an awesome family I've got great friends life's been awesome because it's allowed me to do what I love doing and I'm from a small town yeah. Durbanville in the northern suburbs of Cape Town that like 
you know, a lot of people don't even know about. Um, and I've, and I've is been Durban given, and Durbanville? Or is it, that just, oh, yes, you know, you know, Durban and Durbanville. yes. So Durban is like a city on the East coast. Durbanville is a much smaller, like town uh, in the Northern part of Cape okay. Town. So okay. sorry, my, continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I, I look at all these positives that I have in my life and everything that I have to be so grateful for that in my own stupid way, I don't want to sit in a room with someone and go, this is why my life sucks, because it feels so self-indulgent, right? It, it, it feels so like, and this is such a horrible mindset, but it feels so like, dude, get up, shut up, stop complaining and kind of keep going, <laughs> you know? And then you start to realize that the things that you ignoring and not talking about are hindering you from actually being good at the things that you yes. love. And it, 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 it starts to implode on itself in that, like, there's this, there's this weird, um, like, th- like train of thought that I've been obsessed with since I was a kid. So I'm quite a night owl and I'd sit up late at night and listen to like heavy rock and roll and like write lyrics to music or like draw or like design a layout of a movie that I wanted to film or like, like just like weird things. And I'd sit up all night doing it. And I had this consistent thought of like the things that make me angry and sad, I never want to get rid of them because they're such a defining uh, pinpoint for me <laughs> that I know I can go there when I need to feel this way, right? Which, yeah. which is another fact of why I find fighting so interesting in that like there's such a there's such a complex understanding that you have to have of like in a ring yes when someone's trying to kick the shit out of me I do want to think about the hardship that I've been through because it gets into my head that I'm like dude I've been through way worse than this person in front of me that you know like cool we're gonna be here for like you know and it it becomes such a uh such an Achilles heel in that you know relationships and conversations and to be honest with you the enjoyment out of things just goes completely out the window because you're so hard on yourself being like I can do more I can be better driven by things that I should probably talk about and work through you know yeah (laughs) and and there was there was a moment we had to, to to make this relevant to to what you do we did a friend of mine was like he wants to sign up and he wants to to do jujitsu and I was like okay I'll do it with you but and we can you just understand that we're going to get the shit kicked out of us because, yeah. you know, like I'm quite a big guy and I walk in, everyone's going to be like, we're going to teach that guy a lesson. This guy thinks he's yeah. big, you know, <laughs> all this muscles just for show. And we went through, had the time of our lives for like a month or two. It was a lot of fun. And there was one evening where I really started getting the hang of doing jujitsu. Not that I became yeah. really good, just that, it kicked in for me that I was like, damn, I actually yeah, that, really... that switch clicks. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I actually yeah. really enjoy this. And we had to do these rounds of one minute each with two different partners. And you'd roll with one partner for a minute and then swap out and roll with the other for the next. And you'd kind of rotate off of the two different partners. And the one partner was really good. And just one of those kinds of guys that just has fuck all sympathy for you and your position. Yeah. <laughs> and was just annihilating me. Like the ball would go for the minute and five seconds in, he had me in like an ankle lock or like yeah. tapping already trying to breathe or, 
And then my second partner was, is one of the coaches at the dojo. And I'd roll with the guy that kept submitting me. But because in my head, I felt like he was submitting me faster than what he should. I was like, yeah, I'm doing something. Oh, wrong. your ego was getting hurt. Exactly. And I'd been yeah. there for like four weeks. Like, who the hell am I? And then yeah. I get to the coach and I, I speak to myself when I'm very upset with myself. Like, so my mom only ever calls me Joshua when I'm in trouble. Yeah. So I'll speak to myself and be like, fuck's sakes, Joshua. Like, you know, like, like get your shit together. You know, like, come on. You, you, you're telling me this oak's going to get you in five seconds. Like, shit, man, come. And then I'd get with a coach and he'd get me into submission. And they, they'd all, I'd whisper under my breath, like, fuck, fuck, like out of frustration. And he'd sit me down and be like, dude, you got to just chill. Like, otherwise you're just going to keep getting submitted. Yeah. And it's that, that confidence and that self-control to find that balance that was immensely challenging. Yeah. And understanding that it's not personal. If you get submitted, it's, it doesn't say anything about who you are as a man so, or an individual. I'm so bad at that. And like, not even like, <laughs> like for the, for the reasoning of being a man, just for being like, just as a person, you know, it, it just starts yeah. to feel strange having this person consistently beat you. It gets yeah. to you, you know? So there's, there's, there's such a mindset to that. And you mentioned often on the topic of us chatting about mental health and everything and the frustrations of fighting and that there's such a duality in the person you have to be at home and then the person that you have to be in the ring. There's also that kind of difference. I imagine maybe you have to make in life. Uh, I think some people do. Mm. Um, I don't really, I think the only difference between me at home and me fighting is that I'm way more confrontational when I fight. I'm, okay. I'm very non-confrontational, you know, but I, I feel like my attitude and the way I approach everything is, it's pretty much the same. And that's just like, I realized a long time ago that, that I am my best self when I'm happy and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's some fighters who um, use hardship and anger as motivation. I'm not one of those people. I don't, I don't need to have anger towards the person or animosity mm. towards the mm. person or like anger about anything in my life to do well. In fact, if I am upset or angry about something, I tend to do worse than what I do if i'm just yeah having fun you know and that that kind of is that that kind of is something that i've just realized for my entire life like like i am i i do everything i i um i'm ultimately a positive person i was dating mm. someone recently who was very negative very very negative and i didn't realize how negative um his mindset and his the way he spoke was until I found yeah. myself uh, kind of repeating it, you know, and like, and, and having these negative thoughts and like, I would find myself cause I don't get road rage. Like, I kind of really, if someone cuts me off, I don't, if I have a negative thought about, it, I try to address it straight away and go like, okay, what does it matter? Like, who cares? You know, I see. I see. Um, but I would, I would find myself in certain situations being like, fuck, like what the fuck and getting pissed off about things. And then I was like, Hey, like, that's not, that's not who I am. And then I yeah. realized it was, it was from constantly communicating with someone who was uh, at their core, extremely negative. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I, and that, that was only a few months ago. And I think that was what really made me realize like how much my mindset through fighting. So like, I always, you know, I have in all of my performance statements or my mantras, everything I say to myself, there's two consistent things. And one is to, 
be enthusiastic, which to me means enjoy and, and like have fun with it and to be uh -huh. a dog, you know? And so they're that kind of the sick. things that I, that I remind myself of all the time. And that's kind of what translates over into my life is like, I'm, I'm generally pretty happy and pretty positive and pretty optimistic and pretty yeah. enthusiastic about what I'm doing. Um, but there, there definitely are other athletes. And I think, I think that is kind of an area where I stand apart from a lot of other fighters that I know. Mm. Um, because I'm not an angry person. I'm not, I, I'm not a victim. I don't really complain about stuff, you know, and I do know a lot of other fighters where, where they have to turn that side of themselves off to be like good family men or family women, you know, yeah. um, or, or like they are fueled by anger and they are fueled by hatred and they are fueled by all these negative thoughts where, where they have to have that contrast. Cause if they brought, if they brought that energy home, it would be, well, I'm sure a lot of them do. I've dated fighters who do bring that energy home, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that's something that's kind of set me apart. And and why I think I, I do well in life in general, it's just because I don't I don't take things personally anymore. Like if something doesn't work out for me, whether it's in fighting, whether it's in training, whether it's in my in my personal life, then that thing just wasn't for me, you know? Yeah. And and I'm going to find something else to do, or I'm going to find a way to work around it and still get to where I want, regardless of whatever the roadblocks are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a tricky thing to learn. Like you said, as soon as you have that angry intrusive thought, you're able to address it straight away and kind of put it aside and kind of move on from it. And there's, there's such an aspect to working in film and TV that because it's so, uh, obsessive and so all-consuming it's yeah. very difficult to come home and not carry what you just spent the day doing into the home yeah. you know like if, if I've spent the whole day crying I've spent the whole day pissed off like you have to learn through being professional and through time and talking to people how to you know kind of put that wall in between the two and be like okay yeah. I'm done now I can kind of walk out and that's sort of why I asked the question whether it's similar for fighters in that what you guys do is very real because your life's on the line and your health and your safety's on the line yeah. being in the octagon whereas in acting it's not necessarily like that but yeah there is this like character element that comes in when it comes to like press conferences leading up to it right so it's it's yeah obviously for pay-per-view and for views and you know for for, for good television there's the lead up of like shit talk at each other at like at each other yeah now it, now there is i hate it it's it's so it strange so because it's so it, stupid it, it i don't know if it was mcgregor that started it and put it at it this definitely level was. that it's at now it definitely wasn't he and he was the only one who did it well because yes. the people who had yes. the people who've done it afterwards like very few of them have have like done things the way that he does everyone's yeah. trying to be connor but no one is Connor, no one's understood that like Connor is Connor. You need to find your own your thing, thing, you yeah. know? Yeah, like someone someone who does do it really well, very controversially though, is Sean Strickland, right? Like Sean yeah. Strickland shit talks, but everything he says, he he wholeheartedly believes. Like he's exactly. not, he's not putting on a character. He's not putting on airs. Like he's just, being, that's exactly who he is 100% of the time, you know? Yeah. But you yeah. see a lot of these other people go down the wrestling route where they're trying to like play the heel or be a character and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. that's it. That's one thing that drives me fucking crazy about fighting is 
is that, you know? Like, if you want to act, go and act, you know? But exactly. But you don't need to... Yeah, you don't there's, need to pretend to be something that you're not. And there's, there's, like you said, if you if you want to act, act. If you want to be a character, be a character. So it's, 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 it's awesome to have this conversation and kind of go like, oh, that is legit who this person is. You know, it's yeah. it's it's not a front or a learned behavior like it is on set where in the ring you're like no dude this is just still me you know i'm, I'm not trying yeah. to like brave up and act tough for the camera yeah. i just kind of am which is the most badass yeah. thing ever but like <laughs> you know there, 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 there is such an element that's come into play now of this like building this character and then watching the person in the ring and struggling to kind of make that difference between you know like is this person purposefully trying to rile themselves up to tell themselves I hate the guy in front of me so that it makes me want to kick the shit out of him more or or is yeah, some or, people need that yeah some yeah. people need that though like I I know I know a bunch of fighters who who need to genuinely hate the person that yeah. they fight and that that's that's great like there's no right or wrong answer you know if it works for you it works for you it's not necessarily what works for me, but I know that it does work for a lot of other athletes. So yeah, like it's not, it's not the right way to do it. It's not the wrong way to do it. It's just the way that the individual does it. Just kind of choose whatever works for you. Eh? Yeah. 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 That's it. And no. for a long time, like I, like I had, I had a coach tell me like, I remember being asked by a coach a few years back before I came to California. Um, and he was like, you know, why do you fight? I think I just lost. Right. And I was like mm. real fucking down on myself. And he's like, why do you fight? And I'm like, oh, I love it. Like, I love my job. You know, I love putting my hands on someone. I love being allowed to hit like hit and kick people. Like, it's mm. fucking great. And he's like, no, that's not a good enough reason. So then for a couple really? of years, I w- yeah, like, he, he was like, no, that's not a good enough reason. Like, just loving it isn't enough. And then so for a couple of years while I was with him, like, I was almost trying to make myself angry. Like I, like I was trying to use yeah. my trauma and the things that this was like right before I went sober as well. So I was trying to use all the things that, that, that were like fueling my alcoholism. I was trying to use that with my fighting and being like, Oh, Hey, you know, like, yeah, loving it and being happy and enjoying my job isn't enough. So I need to be angry and I need to find this pain. Like I need this, I, I need this pain to fuel me. And, and, and I always struggled with that. I'm like, because I don't, yeah, I, I have, I have traumas from my childhood, but they're not painful. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go, oh, remember this one time that my dad did this and like that, that's what fuels me. Like, no, I don't, I don't really have any negative thoughts about yeah. the way I was brought up, about how I was treated, about any of that, you know, like, um, so I really, really struggled with that. And then when I came to Coach Kieran and, and started working with, with my therapist, that was when I almost accepted that it was okay for that to be my reason. And then for me, that was the strongest reason that I could have. Like yeah. being angry didn't, didn't make me successful. Like being upset, it just made me fucking drink myself into oblivion and be a miserable yeah. cunt all the time, you know? Yeah. So, oh shit, sorry. Um, <laughs> Go for it. It's fine. It's fine. Say, say <laughs> um, I don't know how that word's taken in South Africa though, because it's not the best here in the U.S., no, no, no. We know it as like the Aussie word. Okay. Yeah. So like if I said it, everyone would be like, what you doing? As soon as an Aussie yeah. says it, everyone celebrates. We're like, it's the coolest thing yeah. ever. Yeah. That's I, kind I, of what I, it's I, like I, here I, as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I literally yeah. had a friend of mine and an Aussie friend of mine. 
explain the different type of guns that you can get and like yeah. when it's a good thing and when it's a bad thing like because yeah. you'll say it to a friend but also say it to a guy you hate and so it's like yeah trying to find the balance of of the of the of the word um i think on, i use it more in a positive t- in a positive way yeah. than i than he said I do the same negative he said yeah. the same he was Very like kind, it's like a I'll term say, of like, in, like in german yeah. kind, you know oh, there yeah. we go it's if really I say cool. mate, I'm probably, if I say mate, if I call someone mate, that usually means that like, Oh, is that like nah, a warning? I'm not. Yeah. 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 Like my, all right, mate. If I go, all right, mate, that means like, no, nah, we're not really that cool. But if I go, yeah. Oh yeah, cunt. And I go, yeah, you're my friend. See, that's right? so cool. That made me smile. <laughs> you see how cool you feel when, like, when, when Ozzy says that. It's sick. Um, so dumb. I, I wanted to ask you on you talking about like handling anger and like, um, criticism and the industry and dealing with loss what i think people need to learn to understand a little bit more about what it is you guys do is that you spend months obsessively training for something and then when yeah. you lose you're not just losing you're losing ex- publicly it's, yeah it's so like for me if, I have a, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if if i have a shit day and i feel like i've lost it's my loss but because yeah. the industry is built around such a fandom and such a fan base, they feel like they're losing as silly as that sounds it's because so, so many people love and back you that like, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's almost like they feel personally attached to whether you win or lose, which is cool. But at the same time, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of like yeah. you know, added frustration and judgment put on a fighter. And I wanted to connect to, when i messaged you being like please come on the podcast want to have a chat you had just posted something with your two dogs which are the yeah. cutest two dogs there. <laughs> Thank you. and it was it was so we call it a bucky it, 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 or like a double cab you guys call it a like a like a uh, truck we like call a, it a U in the u.s they call it a truck a truck. I said my truck. Yeah. yeah. So like you were at the back of the truck, whatever. And I commented being like, please come on the podcast. Cause I saw you just posted it. And I know yeah. DMs get lost. <laughs> You're like, she's on the, she's on the internet right now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, come on quickly. Like, please come on the podcast. <laughs> the amount of men that went and commented on my comment being like, <laughs> fuck you. But like, like the weirdest <laughs> comments of like, and I was like, dude, I genuinely just want to have this person on the podcast and now suddenly like I'm the asshole of the story. I know. It's so I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. See, you shouldn't apologize. Like don't ever have to apologize. It's it's just crazy how like so quickly people either have an opinion or choose to find a negative angry yeah. situation to turn it into something dramatic and something bigger than what it is. So yeah. on, on, on mentioning loss and mentioning judgment and the, and the criticism and the like, how have your views as you've become more and more and more involved in the UFC and obviously becoming more publicly known and you're so very open person about your mental health and um, your, you know, every, every, everything that you've overcome and your losses and your wins, how do you deal with that shit? Because as soon as it happened to the comment, I was like, this is incredibly overwhelming. Like, yeah, the the uh, the MMA fan base is very intense, which mm. I'm very grateful for the majority. You know what yeah. I mean? 
but then there's like a there's a select group where they're just absolute fucking dickheads um i think after the after i lost to steph diego <clears throat> so when i lost to steph diego i put out a video and i was like yeah like i fucked up you know like i i i i kind of blacked out mentally i blacked out my body went on autopilot and i made a bunch of mistakes you know and then i lost um i got so many messages telling me to kill myself telling me that i was weak telling me i was a piece of shit because i was up front about something that every single fighter has experienced i'm not the only one who's ever experienced that i'm telling you that right now 99.9 percent .9 of people who have competed whether it's at an amateur level or on the world stage have experienced exactly what i fucking went through right um yeah and i had people telling me to kill myself like it was there was a lot and i think i've always been pretty good at ignoring the majority yeah. that might have been the only time where i was like man like people are really genuinely fucking nasty and also i don't know any of you so i don't really give a fuck what you have to say about me like that's it so now whenever anyone writes something negative messages me something negative they just get blocked and it's deleted and i that's the extent of how how much it sits in my mind you know but yeah. um i think it took me it took me the realization that the only people whose opinions I genuinely care about are the people that are with me every day are my core group, you know? Yeah. And outside of that, if you have something negative to say, that's not constructive. I don't care what you have to say. If you want to be negative and there's like a point and a purpose because I've fucked up and I've done something wrong by you. That's generally upset you. I'll take that on board, you know? Yeah. But if you're being a piece of shit, just to, just to be hurtful, then that opinion means absolutely nothing to me. Like yeah. it, 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 the, the duration of ment the duration of mental, mental space that is spent on that is however long it takes me to go to their profile, block them and then delete the comment and then it's gone, you yeah. know? Um, but I do think it takes it, it for a lot of people, it takes work to get to that stage. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you follow Chris Curtis on Twitter, but mm. Chris Curtis, action man, he um he just fought Jack Hermant in the co-main event of UFC London, I think it was, right? Okay. Um, stepped in short notice, like uh, three weeks, a month, whatever it was. Lost, was pissed off, flipped off Jack Hermanson at the end. And Jack Hermanson is probably one of the nicest people in the in the industry, you know, who's like, no one ever has a bad thing to say about him. He's like fucking Wonderboy Thompson. Like no one has anything negative yeah. to say about Everyone him. Everyone digs Wonderboy. So yeah. 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 And so Chris Curtis was pissed off and and flipped him off and got real mad. And then it was like a week a week straight of him on Twitter like spiraling with people talking shit on him, right? Because like he lost a lot of fans based on that one action alone. If he had just if he had a not flipped off Jack Hermanson, he would have, his fan base would have grown exponentially because he's a, he's a fucking great fighter and it was a good fight, you know? I see. Um, but I, I literally watched and I was messaging him through that week going like, bro, get off Twitter. Like, stop looking at this shit because I was watching him respond Just to smiling. every negative comment and try to argue back and try to justify himself. And I'm like, why does it matter? Like, they don't pay your bills. They don't put a, put a roof over your head. They don't put food on your table. They don't fucking hug you when you're crying. Like they're not here for you to talk to when you're upset. Yeah. So why the fuck does what they have to say on the internet matter? Like, why are you getting so emotional about this? You know? Um, but I think that's something that a lot of people, especially in the day and age of social media being so prevalent in everyone's lives where 
Mm. It, it, for a lot of people, it becomes the focal point of their life. Like all day is spent fucking checking Instagram, posting stuff, comedy, having a look at what everyone else does. And you're like, everyone just misses the shit that really matters, which is which yeah. is what's going on around you, which is what's going on in your circle, which is what's going on with your family. Like if those people aren't saying these things about you, like then what what does any of that, why does that affect you? You know, like- yeah. Like these people that you're probably never going to meet that are never going to have a single ounce of influence in your life. They're not going to make it worse. They're not going to make it better. Like why are you letting them send you into this fucking spiral like, of misery? Like your day and week. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and also, and this is the other thing. And this is, this is something that I actually, the, that guy that I was saying who was really negative, I tried to explain to him because he was like always, you know, um, arguing with the mother of his kids and like feeling the need to justify himself and i'm like what who are you justifying this for like like why do you feel the need to to argue and explain your reasoning for these things or why do you feel the need to vocalize this like like is that for her for her to understand or is that just so you feel better about yourself and majority of the time it's an it's an ego thing like exactly we feel like we need to be heard because that's what that's what makes us valued right that's what makes how we feel and how we think real but that's not it's all ego based. That's not the case. Like, this is also why I'm pretty non-confrontational in everyday life because I'm like, unless it's something really important that is going to bring value to both our lives, I don't feel the need to tell you to justify my actions. You know, like I don't feel the need to justify why I did something or why I said something because I have my reasons and like just trying to explain them to you and having you understand isn't going to help anything. Like that's not going to make my life any better. That's just going to, Maybe if I maybe if I can get you to agree with me, then my ego gets a little bit of a boost. Like, oh, see, I'm right. Oh, see, I have value. But but that's only going to last the until the next talk. person disagrees. You know. That's exactly right. And yeah. so, why do we feel the need? Why do so many people feel the need to to argue, to justify, to like? Mm. Everyone wants to get their point across and be heard, but like the only reason people feel the need feel that such intense need to be heard is because they don't hear themselves right like they don't feel like they don't have that confidence within themselves so they need other people to go oh yeah you're right oh yeah i understand yeah you're right and then they're like oh okay see i am right like i'm not i see you know that's self-justification yeah yeah or yeah always you know and that's only something that i've learned recently and this is also part because we were talking about oversharing before um this is also a lot of where oversharing comes from right it's because we feel the need to be heard. Like if we mm. over-explain, if, if we do something, like if you're in a certain situation and someone's like, why'd you do this? You know, like this upset me, why'd you do this? And you're like, oh, because this and this and this and this and this. And then you go into this big long tangent about all the reasons why this happened and over-share- exactly. and oversharing. It's not even for that person. Now you're not trying to make that person feel better. You're trying to make yourself feel justified for why you did this thing that upset that person. Instead yeah. of just going like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, either this is why I did it or yeah, that was fucked up. I'm sorry that I upset you. You know, like it doesn't need to be as involved as what everyone makes it. Yeah. It, it's oh, oversharing. Damn, I do it all the time. And it's like, I do the same thing. There'll be, <laughs> there'll the be so thing. many podcasts I go back and listen to. And I'm like, why am I t- opening up about that? Like the public <laughs> don't need to know it. And then I'm like, well, at the same time, maybe sometimes they do need to know it you know maybe maybe there's some kid that's like oh shit i also kind of feel like that you know and like change of thought because nowadays things are so fucking negative all the time and 
industries thrive off the negativity that yeah. like positivity has kind of been thrown out the window in a lot of different ways. And, but yeah, it's, it's admirable that you have the ability to like look at a situation and choose not to get worked up. I need to learn how to do that. Do you think? Well, I've paid a lot of money to my therapist to get to that stage, See, by so the way. I'm, it's like, I, so I'm yeah. about to do the same thing. So then, yeah, I'll, good so man. then I'll learn. I'm learning. Um, yeah, good man. Do you think, this is quite a silly question, but do you think knowing that you could kick the shit out of like 90% of the public gives you like the ability to be like, I don't need to get involved in this. I don't need to get worked up. I don't need to. Because like, I'm pretty sure anybody that comes across you in public that's like, fuck you, or like cuts you off, you'd be like, this is a waste of time because you kind of like, know. I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's knowing that I could beat people up because that's not really ever my mindset, you know? I see. I see. Um, but I will, I will absolutely 100% say that fighting and training and fight training has taught me a lot of patience okay. and, and, um, maybe a lot of acceptance and understanding of, mm. of where other people are at and the journey that other people are on, you know? So like, unless you're personally attacking me or I'm in danger or you're like, or what someone I love is in danger or an innocent is in danger. Like I'm not ever going to do anything, you know, like, like someone told me a long time ago, um, actually uh, this like oldish, old, old uh, not old, he's in his fifties, but this Australian man that I met in Vegas um, who just happened to have like a ton of connections to people right. that I know back home, which is really weird because I'd never met him before, but I'd heard his name for years. Um, and then so I finally cool. met him in Vegas. Yeah, it's world is fucking small, man. Um, but I met him in Vegas and I can't remember what I was. He kind of became like a mentor to me for a little while, just like with cool. mindset stuff, because he was just, he was very quiet. Like he didn't, he didn't share anything it took a lot to like get in with him but mm. he was very successful he worked really hard he was diligent he was dedicated he was motivated um but he never talked about it you know he was one of those quiet achievers um and I can't remember what I was talking about but I was like complaining about something and I was like oh, like why you know why why is this person behaving a certain way because it's affecting my life mm. and he he said to me he's like if you ever want to understand why someone behaves the way they do today you need to understand where they came from and what led them to this point and ever since that that really helped me um I think have a lot more grace and acceptance for other people because that was yeah. what that that just that one little piece of information there helped me realize that a lot of the time if people if someone cuts you off and gets mad about it or if someone's confronting you about something it's more it's about them it's not even about you like like, unless I physically walked up to someone and punched them and then they came back at me and were like, hey, that fucking sucks. It probably has nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah. And it's the same. It's like yeah. the same in friendships, the same in relationships, the same in business relationships. Like, a lot of the time, unless there's a legitimate issue, a lot of the time people's energy coming at you is about them. It's not about you. And so then I think that in itself, like, it is... And then, and then putting that in with like the discipline and the patience that I've learned with fighting and, and, and seeing where every, so many other people are at, I, I really just, I don't really care about confrontation. Like I, I won't ever really speak about, like I'll always say what's on my mind, you know, but I'm never going to, I'm never going to get involved in a confrontation unless it absolutely needs to happen. You know, yeah. outside of that, like 
so I don't really think it has anything to do with knowing that I could that I could physically defend myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I've been in situations as a professional fighter where where I haven't necessarily been able to defend myself, you know. So I so I know that like my skill set doesn't give me this fucking free pass or this this all one hundred percent shield, you know. Yeah. Um, I definitely just think it's the mindset learned through fighting that that helps me with with anything like that. You've also done a lot of self work, which is really really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's that's what this last like year 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 and a half has been for me and my best friend Amber Lybrock. Like that's yeah. why we're best friends because every day, like if if I do something, like yeah, like I did something to purely to fuck with an ex a couple of weeks back, which like the second I did it, I was like, God, like what am I doing? This is such yeah. toxic behavior. Like I literally did this just to amuse myself that was so far and it wasn't anything bad it was just trying it was just like telling him i was going to see him for coffee you know so it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. really bad but i knew that he still had emotions for me so i was like i was like i know what i'm doing i'm like instigating something yeah. just to like feed my own ego so i instantly called her and i was like dude i just fucking did this and she's like that is such disgusting behavior you know and this is like this is why her and i are best friends though because for the last like year year and a half especially since the beginning of covid um we've both been on this like journey of trying to trying to work through our traumas and especially since i've been sober this has been the last like four years of my life really once i got through all the emotional stuff of going through sobriety has just been trying to be better people you know because there's so many fucking shitty people there's so many shitty people who are never going to be willing to to understand why they behave the way that they behave and who just think that that who they are is is okay no matter who they upset no matter how negative they are that like if i can try to be honest and do the work for myself i know that's going to influence other people and i i 100 believe that my my mission in life is to help other people's journey be easier than what mine was you know mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. only way for me to be able to do that is for me to do the work right now mm-hmm. shit that's really cool dude like hats off to you <laughs> no, like you. genuinely it's really cool and like you you are going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives you are going to make a difference so. in, in the industry um i truly th- I, I i i truly feel you are so thank you for sharing it and for being open to chatting about this kind of oh, thing you're welcome. <laughs> before we head out i wanted to ask where you at right now in terms of are you getting ready for another fight what is the next fight that you'd like to take on well my arms not straight yet so I oh, still I can touch my shoulder now, which straight. is nice, but I can't like I can't. So like you can I can push this arm in, like I can't bend it any further than this, and my arm's not fully straight. So I'm still I'm not medically cleared from my elbow yet because I have well it dislocated in my last fight, and I have a fully torn UCL and a partially torn tendon and then a partially torn uh, ligament on the outside. So I'm still just rehabbing all that. So next month I get to start wrestling and grappling again. And then once I can comfortably grapple and wrestle with no pain, then I'll get medically cleared and then I can book a fight. So I'm hoping to fight like March, April next year. Okay. And who would you want to like? I want to fight Stephanie Yeager again. That's what I'm going to okay. ask for. Okay. I'm going to ask for Stephanie Yeager and then I'm going to ask for Julia Stolyarenko. I'm going to try to fight both those girls back to back. I'm going to get both those back. <laughs> Fuck yes. I'm so stoked yeah. for that. That's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Yeah, I just need probably both of them to lose another fight and then I'll be able to... Because they're not going to give me rematches when I'm coming off two losses if they're winning. 
right? But if they lose, oh, then I should be able to get my rematches, yeah. Okay, so kind of clean up the rematches and then kind of look further on yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah. Sick, I'm super excited to see them. It's going to be really Me too. Good. Honestly, I just want to fight. I just want to fight. That's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. I just want to fight. I actually don't really care who it is. I will get those fights back, whether it's yeah. right now or whether it's like next year or the year after. Um, but I just want to be able to fight again. That's it. And any new, random question, any new tattoo plans? Because like, yes. you got to ton of really sick tattoos and i have oh, to ask you. about them like what's um, what's uh, what's next so i have i have a couple of um tabori tattoos which is like the traditional stick and poke ones oh, that sick. i have i have like a 60 year old japanese friend who who does them for me so i see him next month he's doing my other shoulder blade um and then i'm seeing my regular tattooist who's a, a woman in vegas and i don't know i think i'm gonna do my palms so I have like an open spot on my hamstring that I want to feel. I have an open spot on my inner, on my inner thigh, but I also really want my palms done. So I'm still debating which one of those spots I'm going to do. I don't know yet. Or like I have a big bear on my butt cheek and I want to kind of cover up this, the outside of that as well. Oh, so sick. I don't know. I might, just, I might just tell her to do everything in one day. But last time I did that, I fucking was sick for a week because my immune system just went... Oh, because you're, you're so no. trolleyed after like knocking it yeah. so hard with all those hours. Yeah. So I've, I've, and I've, when I get tattooed, all I I just drink monster and eat sick as well. So I'm like already jacked up on all this fucking sugar and caffeine, and, and like, then doof. and then getting yeah, and yeah. then getting traumatized at the same time. Yeah. I was I, I was in last week for another piece, and we got another three planned. Um, because I'm obsessed with tattooing. I used to tattoo myself yeah. like in school all the time with a pen, just like sitting drawing all over myself. Oh my like, god! All the, all the things that I wanted. Um, yeah. So I had to had to kind of ask the question. And uh, a friend of mine had tattooed his palm so that it looked like he was holding a baby bird, like across his oh, across his hands. I love that. It was so cool, and I yeah, think that's he. That's so cool. It's very cool, and he had it done a long time ago like eight yeah. years ago and so it obviously starts fading so a lot of it would have dropped out yeah yeah because you yeah. use you know use all the time kind of thing but he had mentioned that that w- was the most painful tattoo he's ever got yeah yeah um, i hear it's really bad i know my fingers near the fingernail fucking disgusting um and my knuckles really bad like kind of anywhere on your and like this tiny little piece here coming up really? on my palm on both sides, the worst, so bad. Hands down, the was, worst places on my body. So I've I've covered the top of my shoulder with an eagle, <clears throat> and I have a wing like going across the back, like over my trap yeah. and everything. And went in. It was a five and a half hour sit, and we got three and a half hours in. And I was literally just like clenching onto yeah. the bench, just being like, like, just keep going. Um, and she'd show me, she'd tattoo a line, wipe, and the line was gone. And because my skin and muscle had gone so hard from like the trauma of sitting. Oh, that it wasn't it was, going it put, in. So it was rejecting the ink. And she was like, <laughs> dude, like you can pretend to be tough and sit here for another two hours. It's not going to work. So go home and come back in like yeah. a week or two, and then we can complete this. Yeah, but it was that's it was smart. it was the long lines across the back because there's there's no fat like up here. Yeah, it's on your trap and muscle. shoulder, straight yeah. into muscle. Um, and that's I I have a plan to do a full thigh piece 
Um, yeah. And I'm so nervous for it because, like, honestly, I didn't think the thigh was that bad. Your hamstring's supposed to be pretty bad. I haven't got my hamstring. I've got like kind of the outside of my hamstring done, yeah. which was ish. The ha- the actual hamstring muscle is supposed to be pretty shitty, but like the quad, well, honestly, wasn't that bad. Like the closer really? you get up towards your crutch, it, it gets a little funny. Yeah, yeah. But like, well, like around the knee, part, I imagine as well. Like. Oh, dude, the knee. So I got my knee done in Florida a couple of months ago, and it was fucking disgusting. It was. Really? I had both of my knees done. The first one I don't remember being that bad. This last one was so bad. We were supposed to do three pieces. It was supposed to be my kneecap. So I have like the rose on my knee, right? And it was yes. supposed to be my kneecap, and then like one on either side above it. And I tap. I was like, no, nah, I'm fucking. I'm done. I'll come back to Florida next year. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, Florida will uh, always be there. Yeah. yeah. Like, two and a half hours is, is absolutely my limit now. Like, yeah. That's it. Two yeah. and a half hours and my body just goes like, fucking no, nah, we're done. We're out. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. My, my artist was telling me last week she had a guy come in. So she has artists come down to Cape Town from like Germany or wherever around the world. Yeah. And they book, they book her out for an entire day. And she, she had a guy sit for 12 and a half hours to do a full shoulder, like top of pec, entire arm and hand over 12 hours. And she had another guy come in that wanted his entire back done in like one giant sailboat. And then obviously all the filling as well. Yeah. And she sat <clears throat> from like nine in the morning till like 12 1 2 the next morning tattooed this guy for like 16 hours and she said all he did was just sit and drink brandy and coke and just soldier through the entire thing yeah i've seen that some people can just handle it i cannot i have no i got no shame in saying i cannot oh i'm like a two three hour baby and i'm out yeah yeah uh Andre Feely, who has more tattoos than I than I do, that's we we talk about it all the time. He's like, he's the same. He's like, three hours, uh, I'm fucking done. So oh, nah. like, I've let go of all ego and like bravado <laughs> and getting tattooed. Yeah. I'm like, as soon as you tell me it's done, I'm stoked. You know, like, yeah, let's go home and love having it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Jesse, thank you so much for coming and joining me. Thank you for just talking shit, for being open, for being honest. For <laughs> You're being welcome. Raw. It's it, it's it's such a cool conversation to have conversations like these, and that's why I really, really, really wanted to have one with you. Having heard your story and watched your interviews about how open you are about what you've been through, what you're going through, your headspace, your career. I wish you all the best. I know you will make a difference in in this industry as well as in the world. Um, the work you do on yourself as well as your fights are absolutely incredible so know that you have myself and all of my circles as your fan base in South Africa thank you <laughs> um, we are stoked for your next fight um, and I know you're going to take the win I know you are oh been, thank you thank you for having me this is a cool podcast you ask yeah. good questions it's been dope thank you I appreciate that thank you so much so